0: Coming up on The Dr. John Deloney Show. When's the last time he mentioned wanting to be with somebody else? His birthday, so uh, at the beginning of this month. Two weeks after your miscarriage?
1: Yeah, and I think because I wasn't vocal to him about-
0: No, no. It's because he's an ass. What is going on? This is John with The Dr. John Deloney Show show about mental health and relationships and marriage, whatever you got going on. I'm John, and we I'm here to walk with you. We got a whole gang back there. They don't do a lot. I'm just kidding. They do everything. And I stare off into space. <laughs> and what y'all don't know is that Kelly actually tells me all the answers to all of your questions in my earpiece because she's an oracle.
2: You are ruining the wizard behind the thing, you know, behind the curtain thing.
0: Yes, but I think oracle is Latin for just mean and doesn't say a lot. I think that's what Oracle means. So, hey, um, if you want to be on the show, give me a buzz at one 693 3291 or go to johndeloney.com slash askask. Please, 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 please let, let, send these episodes to everybody you know. Send them everywhere. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Um, let's go out to Kalamazoo, which sounds like a place in a Dr. Seuss book, and talk to Hannah. What's up, Hannah?
3: Hi, how are you today? I'm
0: good. How's Kalamazoo? It's a party.
3: Kalamazoo, it is. It's beautiful today. We got good weather
0: finally. That's outstanding. Outstanding. Winter's (laughs) finally over. Hey, so what's up?
3: Hey, uh, yeah. So I'll just give you a little background before I jump into my question here. Um, I'm 29 years old. I'm married. I have one child, Um, and I've kind of always struggled with making friends. I can talk to anyone. Um, but when it comes to connecting on a deeper level, it's very difficult for me. Um, I kind of always thought it was my personality, um, but after talking with my sisters, it seems like we kind of all have uh, this struggle in one way or another. Uh, so my question is, could my very religious, um, hypercritical Baptist preacher's kid <laughs> upbringing <laughs> play a role in why I struggle?
0: In no, life not at all, Hannah. know. Listen, this is 100% your fault and your personality. Just fix you, and all this goes away. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, wait, say that again. You said it perfectly. That's the best I've ever heard it.
3: Okay. Hyper-religious. Oh, hyper-religious. Uh, or, sorry, religious, hypercritical Baptist preachers kid over here in Kalamazoo.
0: <laughs> yes. All of that, Yes. Congratulations. Okay. You are a therapist's dream because you're going to be a long-term client, right? Right. And every stage along the way. Um, mm-hmm. Did your parents have friends? No. Yeah, probably not. mm um, Were you a living figurine for them to show the world?
3: Yes, I was. Yep.
0: Were you put in a bunch of awkward situations with adults and told that your job was to make sure they, A, were comfortable and B, that they could see how great you were? Uh,
3: yes, like like singing in prisons and yes. Yep. Lots of random things like that. Mm-hmm.
0: Ta-da! <laughs> you are now a dysfunctional adult. Congratulations. <laughs>
3: yeah it pops up in weird places
0: it does tell me tell me uh tell me about where it pops up
3: um so as I've gotten older, I've just kind of noticed things which you know when you're younger you think are normal um just just don't even feel the need to connect with t- people on a deeper level. It's just all very shallow um and compartmentalized like I have one friend for this, I have one friend for this. I want her in for something different.
0: You know why um, you do that, right?
3: I do
4: not.
0: Because you can't risk somebody actually fully knowing you. Yeah. If they do, there's this underlying, it, and I'll even go as far to say, uh, Oh, I, by the way, I don't know if I talked about this much on the show, but halfway through my life, my dad quit being a homicide detective and became a minister at a large church. So this is same oh. team discussion here, okay? Mm-hmm. Um. If somebody truly knows you, the you doesn't have to be bad. It just has to be something they disagree with. And then your parents' porcelain facade gets, gets a mark on it. And that is so wired into every bit of you. And by the way, the mark is not just somebody at your church not liking you. It is eternal damnation and burning in hell, right? I mean, the stakes are so insane.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: and so the risk is I, I can't be fully known because if I'm fully known and I'm not fully loved I am ash and so you, 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 I'm, I'm going to challenge you you said I, I don't feel the need to connect I disagree I think you absolutely do but you parse it out you outsource it to a bunch of different places um, to try to just get enough gulps of oxygen to get through your day Yeah. And that wears out, right?
4: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: How long have you um, tried to use your husband as an oxygen tank? (laughs)
3: Uh, Man, probably our whole relationship. We've been together four years. Yeah, he's my my person.
0: Yeah. He is more than your person. He's probably your heroin syringe too, right?
3: Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Not that I know anything about what I'm talking about. (laughs) from personally. Um yikes, ma'am. So how can I help? Cuz there's a lot here. Right. What what made you pick up the phone and call?
3: Just I think I've never heard anyone talk about this cuz I I've been listening to your show for a while. Um I hadn't I've been waiting for someone to call in with this question cuz I can't be the only one and obviously I'm not. Um so I guess, I guess kind of where to, where to start. I don't know if that's finding someone that is truly safe, like seeking out that one person
0: or. Let's back, let's, let's back out of that, out of there then. Cause we're not at relationship yet. Here's, here's a couple things I want you to, um, that you're going to need to make peace with. Okay. Okay. You did good things through your entire childhood and probably through your adult life so that other people would see you and think good about you and think good about the name of the family and think good about your parents. That does not mean that the good you did was of no value. And that doesn't mean that you're a bad, evil person. Okay? The relationships you had served a purpose. They were currency for your family. They were currency for you. And you know you know better than most how to make other people feel good because that's been your job. Mm-hmm. And that can be by performing. That can be by getting straight A's. That can be by looking pretty, but not too pretty. Right? You know how to do all that stuff. And it is freaking exhausting. And that doesn't mean that the relationships that you had were somehow less than or false or fake. They were what you knew. And what killed me was how long I discounted all the good I did growing up because I was doing it for the wrong reasons. But I was a kid. I didn't know. And so I've been able to, over the last 15 or 20 years, turn that around with some help from a counselor, by the way. And begin to see I got a lot of practice in doing good. And that, is, that has been a great gift to me as I've been older because it's just wired in. And now I've learned to do it for the right reasons, not because I'm trying to perform because it really is kind of who I am now. And So I don't want you to discount who you are and the things you've done and where you've been and where you've come from because there's so much good there. There's a lot of gross too. But there's a lot of good there that is that is in you at the cellular level. So you're not broken and not dysfunctional and you're not crazy. Does that, does that ring true? Yes. Yeah. No.
3: Yeah. That's great to hear. Okay. Yeah. Because sometimes it can feel fake.
0: Oh, it feels like disgusting and fake. fake. Yes. Yeah. But also I've got buddies growing up that went and got super high and beat up everybody and trashed places. And that was fake too. That was, they were being posers too. The same as I was being a poser as Johnny Jesus freak. That was around drugs all the time. I didn't do them, right? You see what I'm saying? Like it's all, all Mm -hmm. kids are trying to figure out who they are and what they are and they're practicing things and they're practicing identities. That's, that's a whole part of being a kid. And then I think there's a stunted adolescence for, um, Kids who grow up in the spotlight, whether it's a tiny spotlight like a local church or it's a spotlight of, you know, kids of famous people. There's this weird thing where you know that there's like, <laughs> you know, you can listen really quietly in your home and know that so and so's cheating on so-and-so. And this greeter at your church is really an awful person. So you have to grow up really fast. But your ability to experience freedom and responsibility for your own decisions is so restricted for so long. So you see a lot, but you don't get to experience a lot. And that makes for a weird 25-year-old, right? Mm-hmm. And there's this weird balance where um, I want to be sexual with my husband and I want to be reckless, but it also feels weird because there's all this background nonsense. And then also, I kind of want to do this, but this feel, it, all of it's just this weird moving. Ugh. And so the antidote for all of that is you to really begin mining M-I-N-I-N-G, like going on an adventure to find out who Hannah is and what she loves, what she doesn't believe anymore, what she wants for her and her family. And that is best expressed in
5: relationships. And that's hard. Mm Mm-hmm. I just threw a lot at you. Speak back to me. Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah that is, that's a lot. Yeah, it's, it just feels very overwhelming. I I do think I've done quite a bit of work here in my late 20s um, to see exactly who I am. I've, I've kind of left the church and kind of rebalanced everything to see, okay, what's mine and what yeah. was my parents? Oh,
4: good for you.
3: Um, yeah, and that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm still not in a church or anything, but I do think I'm trying to rebalance exactly who I am but the, the, the friend thing is not is not falling into place
0: for me <laughs> okay tell me if this rings a bell often ministers kids grow up with this idea that every decision is the super bowl and if I get this wrong date wrong this one date wrong or if I have this sip of this drink or I'm with a group of people and Janet pulls out a cigarette, right? All, like everything is do or die. Mm
4: -hmm.
0: And kids cannot carry that weight. And in the same way that my buddies who are college um, athletic trainers are are telling me that kids, 18 and 19 year olds are showing up to the university with overuse joint injuries similar to elderly people. So they've got 18 and 19-year-olds with 90-year-old shoulders and 85-year-old knees and hips because of the insanity of childhood sports. You turn into a 21, 25, 28, 29-year-old adult who is so exhausted from carrying the weight of every decision is the end of time. And so the word I want you to tattoo on your soul is practice. You've never fully sat down with one friend and told them everything. You're just going to practice that. And you're going to practice feeling so exposed and so raw and so terrified on your way home when you're replaying. And I know you do this because I do too. You replay (laughs) every sentence. Did I say that right? Are they going to think this? I should probably call them. Oh, I said (laughs) that one thing about that other person. You do that, right?
3: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yes.
0: Because saying the wrong thing would have ruined everything. Mm
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And now I want you to own, I don't believe that at all anymore. I didn't do X for this long. and I don't even believe that anymore. And here's why. That's ownership. And that's, you just got to practice it. Practice saying no. Practicing, I don't believe that anymore. Practicing, practice not answering a question. Because answering questions got you gold stars growing up. Practice just oh not, gosh, yeah. practice just not <laughs> answering. I don't know. What do you think? And everything in your body will be like, answer, answer, answer. Just practice not. I don't feel so awkward and weird. And then what you're going to find is you have value beyond being able to give the right verse in the right context. You're going to find that you have value not performing these lessons that you learned, but you're going to suddenly find that those lessons are a part of you in a really deep and profound way. And ultimately every single relationship is a risk. And so you're gonna practice taking that risk. I'm gonna tell you one thing, one one heavy thing before I let you go, okay? Okay. Your husband can't carry the weight of all of this, too. And so you've been married four or five years, right?
3: Uh two. Two together.
0: years. Okay. Yeah. Y'all been together four years, you've been married two. So I'm 18 years down the road and I've almost wrecked our train several times by overloading
5: the tracks.
0: That means he can't be a trash compactor for all of it. Mm -hmm. That means you're going to have to find, whether it's a counselor, whether it's some friends at a local church and, and slowly peek your head back in, whether that's a group of women that you invite over and just say, I've never had friends before, so I'm going for it. <laughs> and everyone's going to be weird. And there'll be two out of the six that stick around. You have to just practice that.
4: Okay. I can do that.
0: Do you promise you won't now hit the pendulum all the other way and just hold a bunch of secrets from him and then not tell anybody and then implode the whole thing?
3: Oh, right. I didn't even think about that.
0: Yep, Because <laughs> that's what I do. <laughs> that's what I yeah. do. I just toggle from everything blah, or nothing, and neither of those things are helpful. They're not healthy.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And I don't know if this helps or if this makes you feel bad. Over the last 30 years, I've had entire chunks of my life where I needed to walk away for a minute from corporate church stuff and in a way, recalibrate. And sometimes that was with two or three people that I really, really trusted. Sometimes that was with me um, and one person that had some wisdom. Sometimes that was me spending some time reading and reflecting and writing. Um, but when you grow up in that spotlight, sometimes the, the heat lamp gets really hot. So I want you to know that you're not broken. You're not, there's nothing wrong with you. In fact, taking some space I think can be incredibly healthy, and everybody's going to have an opinion about why you're doing and what you're doing.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Keep yourself grounded with people that you trust. Okay. Okay. Cool. Sounds good.
3: No, we, sounds like a good plan. Will
0: you practice this and then holler back, girl, at me? You're supposed to say sure. it. You holler back, girl. But I'd love to find <laughs> out what happens when you reach out to a few women and just tell them everything.
3: okay yeah I'm like trying to wrap my head around doing that but yes I know it feels insane
0: it feels insane it
3: does
0: it does go be crazy go hey go be crazy enjoy it have fun and trust me you're gonna get burned trust me it's gonna go awkward and weird and then trust me you're gonna find one or two people that say the magic words I thought I was the only one and that will be the soil of a new relationship new friendship person that will walk with you, will hold your arms up in the desert. And that person will be a living embodiment of a different way to do relationships and grace and risk. And man, it's incredible. It's incredible when you find it. Thank you so much for the call. We'll be right back. One of the most common questions I get on my show is how do you get something off your chest? Maybe it's a deep secret that you've never told anyone, or maybe it's something that happened to you. Or maybe it's something you've done and you're deeply ashamed about it. You're worried because you know bringing this to light is going to cause disruption in every part of your life. All of us, every single one of us have things both big and small that we need to get off our chest from time to time. And I say this always, secrets will kill you, but it's often so hard to know where to start or even how to say these things. Therapy is a safe and effective place to get things off your chest, to learn how to say scary and hard things out loud, and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I have personally been blessed to have a great therapist who I can talk to and who helps me get these heavy things off my chest and figure out what to do next. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's convenient, flexible, and suited for your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire. You get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time, and it doesn't cost any extra money. Listen, it's time to get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Deloney today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Deloney. All right, we're back. Let's go to the city of angels and talk to Selena. Hola, Selena. How we doing?
1: Hi, I'm doing good. How are you?
0: So good. Things going okay?
1: Yeah, I mean, so the roller coaster. But <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, yeah, that's all. Yes, I agree. So, what's up? How can I help?
1: Okay. Um. So, so unfortunately, um, on April 24th, I went to the ER. Um, just to find out I had an ectopic pregnancy.
0: Oh gosh, I'm sorry. Yeah.
1: So, um, that was very traumatic in itself, but, Mm -hmm. um, what made it worse for me really was, well, first off, I didn't have the surgery. I don't know if you know too much about that.
0: I do. My, in fact, Um, my wife had an ectopic pregnancy that ruptured and it was, it was very, very near miss. So yeah, no, I've been down that road. Um.
1: Wife, so, yeah. So um thankfully I my tube wasn't ruptured, so I was able to get the shot. Okay. Um and that was super painful in itself. Um but what on, can, can, we it st- work- can we stop
0: can we stop right there? Yeah. Can you take a huge deep breath for me and hold it? <laughs> yes. Hold it for yeah. one, two, three, exhale. Whew. How far yeah. along, how far along were you?
1: Um so I was only 3 weeks. So You're not allowed to say the um, word
0: only on the show when it comes to pregnancy I loss. Know. Okay? <laughs> can I ask I you can I ask you um, a a deeply personal question? Yeah. What name did you have in your mind?
4: Um well I have a few names, but if it's a boy it's
1: going to be Alexander after his dad mm-hmm. and then if it was a girl, Arabella.
4: <laughs>
5: What was he or she? Because you know.
4: Uh, I, I didn't know. Cause you didn't? It, yeah.
5: Okay. So,
1: but so. all of our kids have A names, so it had to be with an
0: A. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Um, yeah. So, f- for whatever it's worth. And um, I've had the honor and the heartbreak of sitting with countless women who've sat with and just dealing with pregnancy loss. Um, I picked one. And I've got the names of all of the miscarriages my wife and I have, have been through. She, obviously, she carries a lion's share of it. Um, I've got them tattooed on my body. Having some sort of marker or moment for the loss is really important, okay? Oh. And I, I don't think that's what the call's about, but I just want to put that out there for you. When you, people start yeah. using words like only and this, and I want you just to take a second and 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 put a put a marker on the ground, okay?
1: Yeah. And I think that's why I'm calling it because I feel like um everyone in my life has been kind of dismissive about this. So, um my mom, she's not very like loving. <laughs> so she was very like, okay, well it happened. Uh, let's get over it. And then my husband, he just constantly is working. So he was like, yes, it sucks, but let's move on with our lives. And I'm the kind of person who I'm like, okay, well, I just want to wallow in this for a minute.
4: (laughs) Yeah.
0: So you get to wallow and your mom was, was not loving before this, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, She
4: was a
1: pageant mom.
0: (laughs) Oh Man. So you're a pageant gal, huh?
1: Uh, yeah, so it was pageants. Then it turned into Girl Scouts, and then when I went through my Goth phase, it was just bewilderment.
0: <laughs> <a little> <laughs> I love a good Goth phase, man. Um, yeah. oh man, what a mess. Okay, so what's your question? How can I help?
1: Um, so my question really is, how do I? I know it's easy to just talk to people and let them know, but how do I, mainly for my husband, explain to him that this wasn't just a medical. Mishap that happened with me. This is something that I'm mourning, like a loss of a
4: child. How is he I'm responding?
0: Mourning? Is he pretending this didn't looking, happen? Is he being an idiot? Like, like, I, I, is he saying yeah. dumb? Like, tell me what what's going on with him.
1: oh well, first off, he's a tanker driver who works night shifts, so okay. he needs to sleep during the day, and sure. I, that's very important because it's dangerous. But his way of coping with things is, I'm just going to work. And um, provide for my family. And yes, it sucks, but it happens.
4: Let's move on. Those were his exact words. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, he's perfect in
1: every way except for he's very like.
0: He is not to the grind, <laughs> <laughs> Celine. That's the dumbest thing you've said on this whole call.
4: I know. He's
0: not perfect <laughs> in every way. Um. So I'm heartbroken for a couple of reasons. One, because I said something very similar. He's a, a he's a tanker driver. I was a nerd, so I didn't say not a big deal, but I did try to explain it away, as though it wasn't a big deal. And there's no excuse other than to say I didn't know, I didn't understand, I didn't know the depths. And very similar, like your husband, I knew one thing when there was chaos and I knew my wife was hurting, but I didn't understand why I didn't understand how I did know I could help out around the house by making more money. So I just went to work and in a really backward, strange way, um, it sounds like he's trying to tell you, he loves you.
4: Yeah. Oh, and I know that
1: I know he does. and. Um... We, I'm, I'm that type of person where I will just like be so upset and let it fester Mm -hmm. into the point where it explodes. Yeah. And he can read that from a mile away. He knows the minute I'm upset Mm -hmm. and he tries to talk it out and Mm -hmm. (sighs) yeah, I know. It's just, I need to work on that.
0: Well, (laughs) it's less that and it's more. After our our second miscarriage, when my wife said the words, I'm tired of my body killing babies, that's when I finally got the extent of her pain. I didn't understand. And it's not an excuse other than to say I didn't know. And I didn't even know to ask. And yet that level of clarity and insight, while hard for me to hear, gave me a whole new entryway so if i could do it all over again i would have talked infinitely less i would have listened more and i would have asked questions that invited that level of honesty and also i've forgiven myself and i've committed to doing better and i've moved on so i tell you to tell to tell to to do this I, i wouldn't say it's a thing to work on but you've never experienced this before fair
4: Yeah, this was our first
0: time. And you had a mom that trained you to take your feelings and wad them up in a ball and flush them on a toilet so that you could be a porcelain human making your way through the world, right? Yes. You were a display item for her. So you don't have a model of what sitting in grief looks like. And that's okay. Grief will drag you underwater, whether whether you have a model for it or not, right? And so... There's something profound and powerful about telling your husband, hey, we need to have a a hard conversation. And maybe you write it down. But giving him the truth about how you feel. And how hard this loss is. And being very specific about how hard it is.
5: How specific.
0: I didn't understand that women when they experience miscarriage, they feel betrayed by their own bodies. And they, even the most powerful, high performing business women have questions about self-worth. I didn't know any of that stuff.
5: And yeah. I, worked, I worked in trauma,
0: right? And I didn't know. I didn't know that it can be so unmooring that you begin to question everything about everything. I didn't know. I didn't know about names.
5: Right? So all that to say is invite him into that conversation. Now, can I ask you a hard question?
4: Yeah.
0: What is it about him that makes it you not feel safe to have that conversation? Because you've avoided it for some reason. I can tell you I was not a safe place for my wife. I wasn't. Yeah. Why isn't he safe?
4: Um... Well, first off, we've been
1: we've been married, it's gonna be our fifth year of being married. Okay. Um, but we've been together going on ten years. So, um, in our early years we were ravers and You were we You were
0: what, Ravers?
1: Yeah. So we used to go out partying every weekend.
0: Yes. <laughs> it's,
5: it's,
1: it's. Yes. And um we just Doing bad decisions and
0: oh my gosh, Alina, just say it. What are you <laughs> <you're> like? <laughs> like him haw and him haw.
1: I know, oh yeah. So, I there's just been situations where I feel like I'm, I'm walking on eggshells with him because I feel like the rug's going to get pulled out for me at any minute. So, there's been times where, um, either he's being a little too flirtatious with girls, not so much anymore, but um. Either that, or we when we were younger, I did let him have a threesome twice. So
0: you let him uh, have one, or you participated with him. You said that funny.
1: Yeah, I mean he he wanted it, and I was twenty two, and I said sure. So
0: okay, so what does that have to do with him right now?
1: <laughs> I always feel this insecurity that I can't just be open.
4: Because I feel like the rug's gonna get pulled out for me.
5: What, does that, what does that
0: mean? What does the rug get pulled out f- mean?
4: And he's going to either leave or um, something's gonna happen where we end up divorced, basically.
5: Why do you think that's happening?
4: I I don't know. I think it's just our younger years when we were younger.
1: And just the way that when alcohol gets in the way of feelings and then there was yelling matches and then the whole him asking to be with other women, it's just made it, made me very jaded.
0: <sighs> of course, that would make anybody jaded.
5: Yeah. But you picked up so. the phone and called me recently. Why?
4: it's just, I don't know. I to talk with my husband. It's, I
1: want to be open with him all the time, but I find it very hard because I feel like if I say
4: one thing wrong, that, um, it could result in a ending. And I don't uh, has think he, Has he said
0: that
1: Selena? No, he has not.
0: <laughs> so are you imagining He's,
1: this?
4: Uh, I, I think so. <laughs>
0: Let, um, me, let me just tell
5: you this.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: Secrets will kill
0: you. And so if you hedge a relationship and you hold the stuff that is important to you, like grief and loss, and I don't want to have sex with you and another woman. If you need other women, fine. I'm out of this relationship. But the more you cash in your own being, your own soul, your own authenticity as some sort of hedge against him leaving, he is married to somebody he knows, he feels it in his bones that is not being full with, fully honest with him, which is the best driver to send somebody out.
4: Yeah.
0: And he's going to use you as the excuse, even though there's not one. You see how this just creates a self-perpetuating cycle? Yeah. When's the last time he mentioned wanting to be with somebody
5: else?
4: Um, his birthday. So um, at the beginning of this month.
5: Two weeks after your miscarriage?
4: Yeah.
5: Oh, Selena, lead with that.
4: <laughs> God. Yeah. And I think because I wasn't vocal to him
5: about.
0: No, no. It's because he's an ass. Ah, <laughs> oh, I'm trying not to swear with all my guts. Yeah. That level of insensitivity is disgusting. It's embarrassing.
4: Yeah. And. Um-
0: Stop. Just sit in that
5: for a second. Yeah. He doesn't deserve to be with you, Selena.
0: People do goofy things when they're 22. People do unhealthy things when they're 22. People do all, whatever. You're going to have to open hand some of those choices y'all made when y'all are going to raves and stuff. You have to let that stuff just be a part of your past.
5: We all have them. Mm-hmm. you're also going to have to sit
0: in the fact that after a really traumatic experience that you didn't even have the words to discuss, his response was,
5: you know, it's birthday time.
4: Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
5: Your pain and your hurt are justified. Okay. I'm disgusted with you. Do you need to take a break? From him?
4: From him? No. No. Because
1: he'll say things like that, and I know he's not thinking
4: of what I'm feeling in the moment.
5: That's the problem.
4: Yeah.
0: He's your husband.
5: The vast
0: majority of his thoughts in his day should be focused on what his wife is thinking and feeling with the hope that The vast majority of your thoughts are about how you can help meet his needs, what he's thinking, what he's experiencing.
4: Yeah. And that is me as a human. I'm very much the caregiver of everyone. So,
0: here's what I want you Here's what I want you to do. Okay.
5: You've been protecting him for so long.
0: You and I can't unwind this in a phone call.
4: Mm.
0: What I can tell you is you need to talk to somebody very, very quickly, okay? Because you've got a, you need to sit
5: down with a professional counselor, A, to talk about how to grieve. Because you're going to have to grieve the
0: distance between you and your mom that should not have been there but was. You're going to have to grieve the fact that your mom used you as a, as a figurine for her own, (sighs) um, her own self. uh, uh, She propped herself up using
5: you. Yes. And now in the moments when you need your husband the most, he's like, Hey, very similarly, I want to use you too for my birthday. Yeah. And all that's a
0: lot. And the only, the only response you've got in your soul is to look in the mirror and blame yourself and try to fix it. And you
5: didn't do anything wrong with your mom. That was on her.
0: And I'll tell you this, even the most sexually adventurous people I know would never, In a million years, 13 or 14 days removed from
5: such tragedy. Be like, hey, you know what? It's madness. Yeah. So I want you to, will you
0: commit to talking to somebody?
4: I will. Yeah, I'll look into
1: finding a counselor.
0: Yeah, that's different than actually making the call. You promise you'll make a call?
1: I'll make a call
0: today. Do you promise you'll go to the appointment?
1: Yes, I
0: promise. You just promised in front of all of America. Actually, we only have like 18 listeners, but you just promised in front of all of them.
4: <laughs> are yeah, you in? Yeah, I'll do it. I'm, I'm in, yeah.
5: You are worth so much more than being the relational janitor for everybody
4: in your life, cleaning up everybody else's messes. Okay. I agree. Yeah. Whew,
0: I'm sorry, sweetheart.
4: <laughs>
1: yeah, I know it's a lot, but... um.
0: No, no buts. It's just a lot.
4: <laughs> yeah.
0: No buts, just and. It's a lot, and it hurts right now,
5: and I'm sorry. But.
4: Thankfully, just listening to you has helped me out. Um, I'm a big Harry
1: Potter person and you're like a Dumbledore to my Harry Potter.
0: (laughs) Is that an old joke?
1: Is that an old joke? No. I am pretty
0: old. I understand.
1: No, you're not too far off from me. (laughs) I'll take
0: Dumbledore all day long. So I'm, I'm grateful. Um, You are worth so much more. You're worth being well. Please call somebody today. This is going to take some time to unravel this because it's it's wired into you. And let's say this: um, I don't know him. I haven't talked to him. I'd be happy to talk to your husband if you want to call if he wants to call in. And maybe he's just hurting too, and he doesn't know how to do it, and he just said stupid things and put stupid things on the table to try to make himself feel better. So I don't beat him up. Too bad. It's it's frustrating as that is. Uh, Maybe he's hurting too. All I have to say is you can't can't do anything about his nonsense other than to say no and go be the champion of your healing. Let me know how it goes. I'll walk with you every step of the way, Slinger. We'll be right back. Almost every day, whether I'm doing my red light therapy, driving to work, listening to the Gregorian chants on the airplane, or just sitting on my front porch, I spend time using Hallow, my go-to app for music, meditation, and guided prayer. And right now, I'm in a particularly stressful time, deadlines. I just finished a big speech in front of thousands of people, lots of travel. My family's ending school. It's just chaotic. And recently, I made a decision to dive even deeper into my faith and spiritual practices. And all of my life is up in the air, and Hallow is helping me stay grounded. Hello is the number one prayer app on planet Earth. They have 10,000 audio guided prayers, meditations, including daily prayers, daily gospel reflections, psalm readings, daily minute meditations. And there are places for people who are skeptical and new to the whole faith thing. And there are tons of spaces for those who have been swimming in faith waters for their entire life. And they just want to go deeper. Stories, audiobooks, special things for kids, special focuses for mental and emotional health, so much more. And listen, in May, they're going to feature 33 Days to Morning Glory, which is a Marian consecration. And for listeners of The John Deloney Show, you get three months of Hallow, all 10,000-plus prayers, meditations, music, all of it for free. Go to Hallow.com for three free months of the app. That's Hallow.com, H-A-L-L-O-W com slash Deloney. All right, we're back. Let's go out to the five one two in Austin and talk to Lindsay. Hey Lindsay, what's up?
6: Hey Doctor John, how are you?
0: Partying. What are you up to?
6: Not much. Um I listen to your show like every single day and <laughs> I <I've you>. always <laughs> Seriously, I always hear you um say to choose guilt over resentment every time.
4: Mm-hmm.
6: And my question is, what if I choose guilt over resentment and then my
4: spouse resents me later for it?
0: You can't control that.
5: Mhm. And I hate that for you.
0: What is your what is your spouse resenting you over?
4: Um,
6: not Yet, but I'm, like, worried that it will
0: happen. You're pre-worrying about future potential resentment. Yes. I love it. That's not anxious at all. Okay, so (laughs) why are you pre-worrying about potential future resentment? Um,
6: Okay, I'll give you an example um, that we have. So... My husband and I come from like really different backgrounds culturally and um, we just, we have different family dynamics. So he would ideally like to see his family a lot more than I would. Um, And, you know, I've offered like, why don't you go by yourself, that type of thing. But it always turns out like he wants me to come with, we have a one-year-old daughter. And so he also thinks it's like important for her to be around his family and stuff like that. Um, And so I've been really honest with him. Like, I'm not comfortable, you know, taking as many trips down to see your family as you would like to, but, you know, we can compromise type of thing. And we've been working with a therapist and I will say, like he has been really good the last time we went down there about um, changing the way the trip looks and kind of catering to my needs more and stuff like that. But, um, I guess I'm just worried that down the line, like obviously the inevitable will happen and like family members will pass away and like things like that. And I just don't want him to come back and say like, we should have spent more time with them. And it's your fault that we didn't.
0: Does he have a really overbearing mom?
6: I would say they (laughs) had, he was definitely raised by like an emotionally immature
0: mother. Yes. Okay. So when y'all go down to visit... Do you get backseated? hmm Okay. Is that why you don't like to go? Or is there other reasons?
4: Um.
6: Unfortunately, I didn't have a lot of time to build a relationship with them before, like, marriage and, and a baby. So I do feel like his family is, like, really tight niched And I'm kind of like the outsider that's just, like, the black sheep, if you will.
0: Is that a real thing? Or are you imagining that, too?
6: I would say it's pretty real. Like, you know, there's conversations that are being had, and I'm kind of just like in the background. Nobody really like talks to me or kind of asks me like things about myself or makes me feel included in the family. Um, it's really hard to get a word in because they're all like really close, and um, so it just it just I'm really uncomfortable there.
0: And I, I'm just trying to get to the level of discomfort. Are you uncomfortable because people aren't making overt? Um, efforts to include you or are you uncomfortable because they're talking about awful things or they're disgusting and rude or they're grabby see what i'm saying because here's the thing if if you are unsafe absolutely don't go never go
4: mm-hmm. um i don't if it's I don't just think awkward okay i think
6: it's more like i've tried to even say like can your family come up here? Because obviously it's really hard to travel with we have like an almost one year old, so it's not convenient to do like a three hour road trip with a
4: baby. Sure.
6: Um, and so like we've had instances where like his mom will come here and she just like I feel like she just makes comments that are just like unnecessary, you know? Of course it's she does. Like, She's emotionally
0: immature. Like, we've why? already established that. So it's like it's yeah. like it's like being around a rattlesnake and you're like, I just feel like The rattlesnake just makes noise. It's like, yeah, that's what what they do. That's what they do.
6: So so I'm like, I don't really want to spend time with these people, you know? (laughs) Uh, Understood,
0: understood. And you married him. Yeah. So you married them. Now, Mm -hmm. you get to decide whether they hurt your feelings or not,
4: Mm -hmm. which
0: sounds nutty. Meaning, his mom is going to be part of his life unless she's abusive or she is criminal or she is insane, right? Like, whatever. She's going to be part of his life. You married into that. And so, you get to decide what that boundary looks like, whether you're going to visit or not visit, whether you're going to be around or whatever. But you're going to be in each other's life. Mm -hmm. And so... When she pops off and makes all these comments about, I would never do it like that. And I don't do it like that. And I can't believe you keep your house like this. And I would be doing this. And oh my gosh, that baby's going to be so cold. And just just comments all the time. Mm -hmm. You get to decide whether you are confident in what you're doing. Which if you have a nine or 10 month old, you probably are not. I didn't even know what day it was. Mm -hmm. And you get to decide whether she speaks into your soul or not. Or whether she's just this meandering, piping old lady that is in the house. It's going to be over a a couple of times a year. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Like there's a, it's just a, the best way I can describe it. It's like, have you ever been skiing? Like water skiing? Mm -hmm. So when you first get, the boat takes off and you're sitting in the water, it just is a jet blast of water to your face. And then you crest on top of it and you get on top of the water. And really, um, if you're really good, like, my friend, Rachel Cruz, we go skiing out. She gets in the water and we'll go skiing and then get out of the water and her hair is perfectly dry. I don't even know how she does that. She's just good at it. And so you can be around those people and they aren't going to affect you. Like, right. uh, okay, you can make all your comments. I don't care. Now, if you say something offensive around my kid, I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to speak my mind. If you say something ugly about my, my spouse or my husband or my wife, whatever, I'm going to speak up. But if you're just going to pick at my cooking and at how clean my house is and how you can't believe it, whatever. So that's, 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 that's number one. Number two, at some level, your husband is choosing to shoot himself in the foot and blame you for it.
4: Right.
0: Right. If he doesn't want to go see his family or I only want to go if it's like this perfect picture I have in my head. Well, then that's on him.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't want you to spend to waste valuable emotional and relational energy worrying about things that might happen five, 10, or 15 years from now. I mean, you're worrying about funerals. (laughs) Right?
4: Mm -hmm.
0: Now, let me diffuse. Like, here's the fastest way I've learned to diffuse that in my own life just say it out loud. I'm uncomfortable around your family. And when you don't go, I'm worried that in 10 years, if one if somebody passes away, you're going to blame me for the lack of time you didn't spend with them. Just say it out loud.
6: Yeah. It's funny you say that because I actually told him I was going to be on the call and, and I told him my question. I said, is there anything you want to add to this or like, you know, put your two cents in? And he's like, that's just a really good question. And I'm like, okay.
0: Oh, because he is going to be mad at you someday?
6: I don't know. I just he tends to be kind of a people pleaser, so sometimes I'm like He grew up with an emotionally abusive
0: mom. Of course he's a people pleaser. He had to
6: be. Yeah. But I'm like, are you compromising because like you understand and this is like what you also want to do? Or are you just doing
4: it to like get me to shut up?
5: (laughs) Does it matter for you?
0: Yeah. Because that that's asking a lot. I want you to do what I say and I want you to want to do it the way I said it because that's, you see what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah. If you say, I don't want you to go or I don't want us to go. And he says, all right, I won't go. You can't be mad at him for grieving that. He gets that
4: Right.
0: because he had a picture in his head that he was going to have one big happy family and he doesn't.
5: He has a fractured family. And that's not your fault. It just is.
0: But you can't get mad at him for not feeling the same way you feel about a thing. That's true. Is that fair? So if Mm -hmm. he says no, I'm going to support my wife
5: even when it hurts. That's pretty awesome. Now, if he turns around and blames you for it later, that's
0: pretty lame. Because he's making making grown-up choices. Mm -hmm. here's the thing a catchphrase like choose guilt over resentment feels so good every time it feels so good and it feels so neatly wrapped up in a package and it's it's so instructive I'm just going to do this instead of this when the world gets chaotic I'm going to do this instead of this awesome it also is really hard and you can only choose your guilt and if somebody chooses to resent you you can't do anything about that unless you want to go run be a people pleaser at which point you're going to end up in a cycle of resentment. So if somebody chooses to not be in a relationship with you, it hurts, grieve it, and then you can get on about your day and go figure out what happens next. I do want you to spend some time personally asking yourself, is the things that are happening when you visit the family, Are they cultural differences? Are they outsider differences? Or are they purposely excluding you? Because if it's cultural differences and they're trying to honor you and the best way they know to honor you is to not offend you or not be weird around you. So they're just going to try to love you by circling the wagons then maybe you go learn some stuff about this culture. Maybe you go take some classes or learn some language, whatever the thing is. I don't know what, what, what the culture is. I don't even know the thing. But maybe you make an effort to lean in. Or if they're ugly people, they just don't want you around. They're pissed off at, their, at their, your husband for marrying you and creating a family with you. Then you've got to create an alt universe. You have to create another world because they are opting out of a relationship with you and their grandkid and their child. And that hurts, man, it's hard. But I'll tell you, as a guy who spent a big chunk of my adult life in anxious mess, worrying and spinning up today about things that may happen five, 10, 15, 20 years from now is a complete and utter waste of your life. Don't do it. I lost years of beautiful moments in the present freaking out about things that may never happen and if they do okay I'll deal with them when they happen but live your life now continue to be honest with your husband and remember your mother-in-law doesn't get a vote she doesn't get a vote and you get to decide what happens next ah marriage is hard we'll be right back Hey, what's up, Deloney here. Listen, you and me and everybody else on the planet has felt anxious or burned out or chronically stressed at some point. In my new book, Building a Non-Anxious Life, you'll learn the six daily choices that you can make to get rid of your anxious feelings and be able to better respond to whatever life throws at you so you can build a more peaceful, non-anxious life. Get your copy today at johndeloney.com. All right, we are back as we wrap up today's show. As
2: we wrap up today's show, I am taking over. I'm hijacking the lyrics today.
0: It's up. A- oh, good. good.
2: Actually, we're not going to do lyrics today because I wanted to give some people some information. So I follow on- It's, it's her birthday, everybody. It, it's not. It was two weeks ago. All right. All right. So I follow Sesame Street on Instagram because we all need a little Sesame Street as you're scrolling social media- Come on, you need that. But they've done something that I thought was super cool and a great resource for parents of young kids, so I wanted to make sure everybody knew about it. They've been doing, uh, kicking off this past month, an initiative for mental health and emotional well-being of little kids. And it's multi-year, multi-tiered, multi-platform, so it's a big thing and it's got a ton of resources on it. So if you go to sesame.org slash mental health, there are videos. There are worksheets. There are color sheets. There's activity guides. There's all sorts of things that you can go in and it talks about kids and their feelings, how to own their f- big feelings. I
0: saw you coloring a picture at your desk yesterday. I know.
2: It yes. was. And now, and I felt better. Elmo, help me. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm
0: pissed off. <laughs> I'm going to color a picture of Grover. Yes. i feel so much better.
2: Oh, I love Grover. I know. One of my favorite books, The Monster at the End of the Book. It's a great, great Grover book. Excellent. Anywho, but yeah, so uh, it's bilingual. All the resources are bilingual, and you have there's videos, uh, an Elmo video called "I Notice, I Feel, I Can." I notice my emotions, how I feel, and I can control it.
0: I think adults should. Participate I think adults should probably this. watch this as well. <laughs> this would be You're right. fantastic for some of you.
2: Um, there's actually a. Um, a PSA campaign, and there's a new podcast episode with Dr. Lori Santos and the Happiness Lab, who's Excellent. fantastic. Yeah, she's awesome. She's awesome. She's doing a whole podcast with Sesame Street. And the just the whole gist of it is to help kids with their big emotions because they just throw temper tantrums. They don't know what to do with all of their emotions. And there's a ton of resources on the site. I've put it in the show notes already. And I went through it, and I looked at it. And, man, it would be been great to have that stuff. And we're coming up with summer. Your kids are going to be home. And this isn't just for three- and four-year-olds.
0: This is for 30- and 40-year-olds.
2: Yeah. It, I'm a parent of teenagers. There's some stuff in here we can be using. <laughs> but it's just such a great resource to it, teaching them about their emotions now when they are three, four, five, six. And then later you have teenagers and adults that can actually regulate their you know how emotions. how to turn the news off. Yeah, and, and learn what their emotions mean, that it's okay to be angry. Like, what got me was I was flipping and social, and it was L- Abby Cadabby, and a little thing that said, I feel grumpy today. And I was like, preach, sister. I do, too. Me, too. I
0: know. I tried to, I tried to get on the uh, Sesame Street as part of the thing, and they said, well, you've already got an Oscar the Grouch on your show, so we're going to pass. I don't think they were talking about Jenna.
2: See, and this is where because I know my emotions, I can just let that pass. And not say all the words that I want to say.
0: Hey, when this season is over, we're all going to get Sesame Street character tattoos. I'm buying. It's going to be awesome. It's
2: you're going to be going hard to for you to get find Oscar. space. Oh, you're going to make me get an Oscar the Grouch, aren't
0: you? 100%. Yes. <laughs> I'll get Big Bird. All right. So that's Kelly, Kelly's um, Insights of the Day. Is that what we should call them? The Kid? Sure. Kelly's Insights of the Day. Ben, you can get some absurd music (laughs) to go with it. Kelly's insane. But, hey, take care of your kids this summer as we approach maybe a little of emotional and um, emotional well-being. Some teaching about feelings and emotions would be good for maybe all of our country. I think that would be fantastic. All right, that's it for the day. Y'all stay in school. Don't do drugs. Love y'all. Bye.